following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. We are past the Indianapolis 500, the 107th running in the book. I am slowly but surely battling my way out of post-Indy 500 depression. But what a month it was. What a race it was. What a weekend it was. So much to celebrate. Our pal Joseph Newgarden winning it. Getting it off his uh, chest, off his back, and uh, his 12th try. Um, and we're going to hit on all, folks. We had two shows last week, and this is going to be a big one, just recapping everything with a slight look ahead to Detroit, of course, because even with this hangover happening from the month of May, um, the boys are back on the track uh, in Detroit. Not on the track, on the streets of Detroit, actually, uh, coming up this weekend. So, uh, big show. Um, and, of course, we have to start with the uh, P8 finisher. Two back-to-back top 10 finishes for the co-host of this program, Connor Daly. Um, what's up, man? Are you feeling the same way I am? How does it feel for drivers coming off the month of May in the 500? Yeah, I almost put a, a tweet out about this uh, yesterday, but I wanted to save it for the show. But I, I think the uh, the Tuesday after the Indy 500 is a top three worst day of the year. Uh, just overall, um, the energy is, is just... It's dissipated, um, you know, and, and and honestly, like even like we had a you know we had a, a decent race, so you kind of are, are riding that like, hey, that was there's kind of some happiness there, uh, and then the banquet is full. I enjoyed the banquet because the, the food was delicious, um, and it's kind of a fun. Just, I mean, it's a long night. Like if when you went out, when I think about yeah. it, like that banquet is a is like a five and a half hour experience. Um, but the Tuesday then is like, it just sucks. Like, you're like, well, now it's over. And then honestly, like we're, we're going to Detroit, which is great, but it's not indie. So it, it's, it's one of, it's just, it's a tough day. T- top three worst day of the year. I think the other one is like the day after Christmas. Uh, yep. and then like, I don't even know what the third one would be. Like maybe like the first day that it is like, you can't wear shorts outside after the summer. Like it's cold. I, I don't know. I, I I did send a tweet out, and you were spot on on the first two of mine. Um, I had the day after the Indy 500 and Memorial Day, so that Tuesday. I had the day after Christmas. I had the day after vacation. I had the day after a bachelor party. And I had the day, day after the after Super Bowl. Pretty rough. Pretty rough, yeah. yes. <laughs> uh, I had the day after your bachelor party, too. Like, oh, yeah. your, 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 your wedding. Your wedding. So, like, yes. none, neither of you guys are married yet, but you'll experience that. Uh, it's pretty similar in terms of the buildup, right? And then all of a sudden it happens and it feels like it goes well like that. And then you're like, oh, oh well, you know, my last year and a half of my life is now it's <laughs> over. So um, it, it was, it, it, but but then on top of that, I just I look back and I, and I think about all we had to celebrate, uh, Connor and Ben, um, in terms of, you know, we had the drama and qualifying, which we already uh, covered. You had record-breaking crowds, qualifying weekend, and then Carb Day. Carb Day was absolutely nuts, man. I mean, it was like Pagoda Plaza. I, I went to the Bus Bros signing with my son at like 8.45, 9 a.m. to get in line. It was already shoulder to shoulder out there. I mean, it was a madhouse. And then in the middle of the day on Carb Day, in Pagoda Plaza, you couldn't move. You couldn't get through places to go to the bathroom hardly because there was just so many people out there celebrating, um, which was great. And I heard oh, the yeah. garages were 
very similar to that as well on Carb Day. I, I saw that Bus Bros line because I, I, we had a we had an appearance, uh, our team at like the Chevy deal or, or something with Bitnow. And um, and I saw that line. And I was like, man, everything that we did, though, was popular. Like we did a, a Chevy appearance where we basically they just which I wasn't told this before the appearance, but we just had to throw ice cream at people, uh, which was interesting. Uh, it was a warm day and we had to just literally throw ice cream at people for 15 minutes. Uh, or 20 minutes. What was so, your approach? Were you like I, soft tossing it? Were you like trying to peg some people? A little well, bit? I, I thought it was like, I, I enjoy doing the Q and A's with Chevy that we did. So I was like, are we supposed to be like, uh, I, I, I just was confused because we had just left a meeting after carb day, and like carb day. We were trying to figure out like race setups and they're like, here's a giant box of ice cream sandwiches. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with these? <laughs> and people are, were standing in the backs of pickup trucks. And people were asking for things to be signed. And I was like, well, I'm just going to sign all this stuff for the people because I feel like I don't know what else to do. And they're like, no, you have to throw the ice cream at people. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I have to throw ice cream at people before it melts. That's they it. said, I'm like, I I guess that that makes uh, you make a good point. So I actually just tried to throw it as far as I could. And if it hit someone, it hit someone. Uh, but I also just handed it out to folks and signed autographs. But again, Everything that we did was like packed. We did a Bitnow thing for Bitnow.com at their little setup. They had a great little setup at the uh, the fan zone there in the infield. And, you know, we didn't necessarily even put out any tweets about it or anything. But as soon as people see, you know, uh, a couple clowns in fire suits, you know, they're, they're, they come running. So it was, you're exactly right. I mean, starting with Carb Day, if we want to just do a full race weekend review, I mean, Carb Day was outstanding. And the whole month, though, you're, you're right. The garage is I don't think I could ever walk out of my garage. And and again, like it's not because I didn't want to, but like we have to actually like do work and like do things and like like see sponsors and do these things. But if you stepped out of the garage, you're out there for 15, 20 minutes signing stuff for people, which which is is great, honestly. It is it is good. But there are a couple mm-hmm. times where I had to say to people, I was like, hey, I'm not gonna lie, I have to go. Like I have to yeah. go do yeah. things yeah. because we also like have a lot of things that are on our schedule. So. It was it was amazing. Um, got to meet Brian Adams before he played the his show. Um, saw that he put yeah, a little he, work in on Amy. I yep, saw yeah, he's, he, saw Brian that. Adams. Brian Adams slid into Amy's DMs uh, afterwards, there which go. you know what, got to respect the rock star lifestyle. Uh, seemed like a nice gentleman. He didn't respond to mine. Uh, oddly enough, I, I <laughs> I'm wow. not surprised by that at all. Um, but I, I like Carb Day. <laughs> It just felt fun again. Like it's not like the last two have been bad, but like it just seems like we've had to kind of build things back after the mm-hmm. whole 2020 mm-hmm. race where it was just sad and depressing. I don't even count that race that it even existed because that's the only race that I crashed in the last like eight years. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm out on that one. Um, but the energy was high. I thought the concert looked great. It was a little warm, a little warm over there, but uh, I mean, it's the month of May. Um, and carb day in general, like the, the pit stop competition. I don't know if you were out there for that at all, but great crowd there as well. Uh, I was watching Pagoda Plaza because the crowd was so insane in the stands. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go sit back here in the shade a little bit, watch on the big board and, you know, have some drinks. So, yeah, exactly. And, and that's what people were doing. I mean, the, the, the energy was high. We walked to the pit lane. Kenny Moore was there from the Colts. Uh, Drew Powell, our friend, friend of the show. 
And anyone who listens to this show now probably doesn't remember the fact that we had Drew Powell on very early on in the show. Um, very early but, on. But uh, it was it was fantastic. So I, I I have to thank all the folks that were that were there and and contributing to this because it was it was it was truly other than the 100th running and I, everyone says other than the 100th running, but really this one kind of felt like the 100th running. Just every single day was. Maximum attack. The weather was awesome. Um, everything about it, I think, helped us as a series. Uh, and and yeah, Carb Day. Did you go to that concert at all? I drove past it. Um, I drove by because my wife needed a little break. And so she was just chilling out in the Mount Comfort RV motorhome. And I took my son on the golf cart and we kind of just drove past there. But it was pandemonium. I mean, there was just people all over the <laughs> hills. There was people on the other side of the street lined up in the in the um, for the porta potties and everything. Uh, so I got out of there a little bit because I was like, I don't know if Frankie needs to be over here, but I did see it. it looked like <laughs> a great crowd. Uh, Brian Adams, I heard on the big screen, he was just like, "Hey, you're coming out here. You're not even watching a concert. You're just watching old guys roast because they were literally like the exactly. sun was like setting perfectly right at them on the stage out there in uh, turn three. Um, he said it was a yeah. barbecue. <laughs> yeah, barbecue. That's right. Uh, so, you know, and, and real quick, you know, like uh, for any of the fans and, and listeners of the show who came out on Thursday night, my show at the Vogue, it's a great mm. night. I uh, sold like 250 tickets. The place was pretty nice. packed. Like, um, you know, so we had a great time there. And then on Saturday as well, that party that we had, we'll get to, you know, Saturday to get into what you did. But then I was, you know, at Tin Roof partying for Indiana Land. Um, and so anybody who came out, Appreciate you there. Kenny Moore was there. Tyquan Lewis was there. Marcus Bailey from the Bengals was there. Um, it was just a good old time all around, when, even when we weren't at the racetrack. So I appreciate everybody showing up and showing out there. What was your Saturday like, Connor? Yeah, no, but uh, quickly on the on the Brian Adams thing as well, I find this funny, and I have I have two separate stories for this, and one that I, I, have withheld, I have withheld telling you for really just your pure reaction on this podcast. But okay. I think there's... Famous, really famous people always have that guy, right? Like there's that guy or that girl that is like head on a swivel for them or like basically running their day. And like we went over to just kind of see the Brian Adams thing because like honestly, I, my, my day was over. I was ready to, I was about to head to a Firestone appearance. But I was like, cool, yeah, we'll go meet Brian Adams. Like that'd be awesome. Like I I, I, I respect his music. I think that's great. Um and like the production team over there as well for the for the snake pit and um, and the car based stuff, uh, Chris and Ashley, like they're very good friends of mine. They work with uh, Dead Mouse, who's a longtime friend of mine. I have one of his mouse heads here, but uh, they put on a great show. And you know, before Brian Adams comes out, right there's there's not many people back there. Like there's not many people backstage. It's me, my mom, uh, Doug, Doug Bowles, president of Speedway, uh, my girlfriend, and. Uh, like uh, one lady from uh, WTHR, I think. Like, so, like, not a ton of people, but mm. like, still, this I can tell that Brian Adams' guy is like, when he comes out of this trailer, you know, we're going right to the stage, right? We're going right to the stage. But obviously, Doug is the president of the Speedway, so he's gonna meet Doug. Um, it's, but it, I find it so fascinating that that celebrities, like people that are so famous, like he comes out right. Seems like a totally fine guy. Just walking slowly. He's like, hey, Doug, how's it going? You know, nice. But this guy is like either monitoring what's going on or like mm -hmm. look, mm -hmm. making sure not too many people meet Brian Adams. I'm like, 
I don't know what's going on here. And Doug, the funny thing about Doug, he like tries to talk really fast because like he knows Ooh. that they have to do things too. And Doug's trying to say like, oh yeah, I met my, like he met my mom. We listened to the song. Blah, blah, blah. And then this is Connor Daly. He's starting his 10 and it's like, I don't really know what was being said, but like, he was like, oh, cool. Like you guys want a picture? And this guy the whole time I can tell is just like, no, no pictures. Like, just angry. Oh, but like, yeah. Brian, yeah. Brian was cool. And the funny part, like then, then the whatever, I was like, you know what? Great to meet you, man. Honestly, great to have you here. Uh, it took a picture with him. We got a great picture. Well, a really kind of creepy picture and then a real picture as well, where he's, uh, you know, actually standing with me and Amy. But then this is what I found funny. Out of nowhere, some random dude with a blue shirt on who I've never seen back backstage in this entire time, like appears with this old photo, like, please sign this photo for me. And I'm like, where did this person come from? <laughs> I was like, I have no idea where this person was camped out at, no idea what was going on. And like the guy immediately said to Chris and Ashley, who are the production team who literally put on the, he's like, this is why we don't do this. And I was like, what do you mean? You don't talk to humans? Like what? I, oh, I found it so outstanding. Like it's such a shame that they probably have to deal with so many crazy people that like this guy had an old photo and like, obviously he, immediately went up and was like, please sign this. And then he disappeared again. I have no idea where this guy came from. Never saw him again. But the same thing happened on Saturday when I met Adam Driver. I, I got to meet... I, I got to meet Adam Driver. <laughs> and this what? was... Dude, I'm pissed. I know. I'm happy for you, but I'm pissed. I, I did not know this was going to happen. So, I, so Boston Scott, friend of the show... Uh, running back for the Eagles. He had just got there. The parade's over. We're, uh, I literally drove them to pit lane to show them what was going on, just kind of hanging out. We were doing a track tour, essentially. No one was there. No one was at the track. Like, there was a couple – there was some Chevy rides going on, uh, which Graham Rahal was a part of. Apparently, big Chevy guy now after doing three – spending <laughs> two, two days in a Chevy vehicle. Big Chevy ride guy, ride-along guy. Uh and then I, we're walking. I parked my golf cart right at like the media center, that little door there. Mm -hmm. And me and Amy and Boston and Boston's uh, girlfriend, Mariah, are walking there. Um, and Doug's there. Doug's talking to people outside. I'm like, hey, Doug, how's it going? And uh, Doug's like, hey, do you want to meet Adam? And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, he's inside here right now. I'm like, oh, sure. Why not? And uh, we walk in and... I was like, hey, guys, like, you want to come in here real quick? I told Amy. Walk into where? The Pagoda or the Media Center? This is the Media Center. First floor of the Media Center. Uh, I, I tell Amy and Boston, I was like, hey, guys, come on in here real quick. We just got to meet someone. I didn't tell them at all. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And we walk in, and again, and boom, there's Adam with his with his kid. And, and it, I believe his wife, he's married, I assume. That's his wife. Yeah, he's Ni married. Yeah, yeah ni nice, nice folks. Um and then Adam had his guy, the 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 guy that was like monitoring. Don't uh -huh. ever let anyone in here. Like they, they were in the room waiting to go somewhere. And but Adam was really cool. Like Doug was like, "Hey, he's gonna be you know in the race tomorrow." And uh, I was like, "Hey, man, great to meet you." And I didn't tell Boston and and his lady and Amy, and they were like, like the, he met them as well, and they were like. What just happened? Like, they, they didn't really say anything at the time. And he kind of asked about, like, the race. And I was like, yeah, you've got, a, like, a, a great Indiana connection, right? And he was telling us about, you know, where he was 
where he lived and and what he did and how he was always going to go to the race. Nice guy. Uh, his kid was like going crazy too, having a wonderful time in there. Um, and super nice guy. Way taller than I expected. Big Way guy. taller. But Big guy. again, he had the guy. And the guy was like literally head on a swivel. He looked unhappy the whole time. This guy's like like looking out like like he's got Shit. laser eyes. Yeah. Um but Adam, super nice guy. And then they walk outside, right? Because like they're gonna take they were going to take him up to the flag stand to check it out. And I didn't know there was people anywhere. And dude walks outside. Adam walks outside. They're walking in the truck. People fly at Adam. I'm like, where did these people yeah. come from? I was like, and, yeah. literally, I had no idea where these people came from. And the dude looks like he's having a, a mental breakdown. He's like, nope, nope. nope, nope. But again, Adam was super nice. So I, I guess th they pay these people for reasons because there are way too many crazy people. But I always want to tell people, if you see people like that, celebrities or whatever, if you treat them like a normal person and just like say, hello, would like to see you, great to see you and see you later. Like, I think they respect that a lot more. But just two, two situations with two different dudes that were like, just hated to see people in general. I was like, man, yeah. it's just a shame there are a lot of crazies out there. You know what I mean? Well, and when they're when you're famous, when you're that famous, yeah, you you get to play the good guy all the time. And then you hire that person to be exactly dickhead. That person has to be the bad guy that everybody boos, that everybody gets mad at. Oh Even yeah. though Adam Drive and I, I, you know, I'm just saying Adam Driver and Brian Adams very well in their head could be like, man, I don't want to talk to any of these people. Not that they're saying that to you, but just like when people come up to them all the time, but oh, they yeah. have to put on the face to be the good guy, and then they turn around and then they're like, hey, get these people. Then that guy's got to be the dick. Like exactly. I saw that video. I saw that video of Adam coming down from the pagoda on race day and he doesn't he was like just crowds like, apparently as well doesn't like crowds that, no, that's he's, a, he's wild he's he's a very like again it's interesting when you have these kinds of people who like they're in a profession where they are very very publicly known and famous yes but they hate it so much it's a very weird dynamic like why would you ever anyways but he came down the stairs. I saw a video where he like kind of just like turned around and some guy just had a sharpie for him right there. Yeah. Like it was probably his guy. Like he just like turned around, had his hand out. The guy just gave him a sharpie. Um, so oh. did you get a picture with Adam? No. Like that's the thing. Like we didn't even get a picture. It was just, it was very uh, like, cause again, I didn't want to offend the guy, right? Like that guy yeah. looked like yeah. if I asked for a picture, he was going to literally rip my legs off and beat me in the head with them. You know what I mean? Like it was going to yeah. be something like that. Yeah. Um, but I just appreciated the interaction. I thought it was very cool. Nice guy. Interesting thing about Adam, very aggressive handshake. Like, I, he literally, Amy's hand was like red for 20 minutes afterwards. Like, literally, I think her one of her rings on her hands like broke the skin. Like, it was very aggressive yeah. handshake from Mr. Adam Driver. Yeah, he's like 6'3 or 6'4. Yeah. He has like meat claws for hands. Meat claws. And he... And he's like, he's a former Marine. So you like, you know, yeah. all those things combined, this dude takes that shit seriously. Like, God, I'm so jealous, dude. Wow. Like, I know. I had to, I had to save the genuine reaction for the show. I I I, I held it in. Um, but I just I want you to know that you can appreciate good guy. He a good nice fella. Um, and you know he signed Jack Harvey's Star Wars helmet, right? Did you see that? Chuck, did you tell me that? I know. He sent me a picture. I don't know why Jack didn't put this out there, but Jack sent me a picture. Apparently, he got uh, and I saw. 
I saw Jack being real sneaky at one point. He was in the garage area on Saturday, and he had his Star Wars helmet. I was like, what is he doing with that? That's probably what he was doing. They were doing some sort of meetup, and it looked like he signed uh, Jack Harvey's helmet, which I thought was really, really cool. A lot going on. Man, here. He, that, I didn't even know that he was there on Saturday. I thought I it know, was like a sneaky. fly-in, it was 9 a.m. on race day, do your thing and get out. Then it turns out that he stayed in Washington, Pagoda. Oh, really? I, I did not know that. Fo- yeah, a few people send me photos from... From uh, the pits that, like, you know, where you can see up there where the famous, super powerful rich people sit. Yes. He was just sitting there. He had a, hey, he had a Miller Lite in his lap. So, you gotta awesome. respect that. Yeah. And Even then, though we're um, Michelob Ultra guys, I'm a Michelob Ultra guy. So yeah. Sure. But uh, Anthony Calhoun got to interview him, like, on the PA and they posted it on IndyCar. And I thought it was super cool. He was like, yeah, it feels good to be back home again. Like, Indianapolis was the last place I lived before I moved out to become an actor. Like, I just thought it was super cool, and I have a lot of pride in that guy, and I'm um, super jealous that you and Jack got to meet him, but um, hey, that's that's the perks of being an Indy 500 driver. Um, Honestly, man, so. it was pure luck, too. I, I We didn't even, yeah. I just happened yeah. to be driving, never even got a text from Doug, and like we walked out of that room, and Amy and Boston were like, that was Adam Driver. And we're like, yeah. She's <laughs> like, I'm a little overwhelmed. I'm like, yeah, I don't, me too. Like, I don't really know what to say. I, I, I probably would have like, cried. Well, yeah, that's the, maybe that's what that guy's for. You know what I mean? Like, hey, he's like, watch out for Joey. I don't know. Well, <laughs> like, I wouldn't have broken down in front of him, but like, I know. I, you know, I've gotten to meet a lot of really cool people, as have you. But that's one of those people that, like, I they would warrant some sort of kind of like holy cow emotional reaction. Um, yeah. But I thought purely he did a great from job. his stature, like, the, just I mean, <laughs> hey, this guy, guy, I'm like, all right. No wonder you are like a incredible yeah. character. Like this is great. You know what I mean? Tall drink of water. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah that, that that's right. All right. So that was Saturday. My Saturday. I had a great time at the party. Yeah. Came back into came back into the track. What were the uh, vibes for- like at these parties that you were doing? Because like everything seemed it was like everything was pumped up. People, the energy, everything was good. So uh, in the streets of Indy. You felt yep. the same thing. You were you oh, and God. Yeah. you and Ben Ben Polizzi were yep. having uh, quite an event there. We had quite an event. Um, Deepu and, and and Bish stopped by. Oh yeah, at the very beginning. And so I felt bad because like you know how these parties go like it kind of takes a little bit to get revved up. But they stopped by, so I appreciated that. Um, and yeah, I mean the parade was happening just down the block, so like you had all that energy happening. And then we had our party going on, and it was great. And I came back out to the track afterwards on Saturday evening. Um, it was cooking out and, and Becky and James hung out and then we were just going out into the streets of Speedway for a little bit at nighttime because like Hinch said, like, and as you know, actually, I mean, you, you can't really venture out there very much, um, the night before the race, but there's just something incredible about going on out there the night before the race, the, the energy, oh, the yeah. magic that you feel literally in the air, you can feel it, almost brush it away. Um, knowing what's about to take place the next day. Um, so we did that and then, uh, woke up and it was race day, man. And, um, look, do you want to get into the race or do you want to get in the parade or what do you want to well, get I mean, into? The, here? The, the parade was, was great. I mean, the parade was, was, all, uh, was a lot of energy. Um, large amount of people there love seeing the Argentinians as well out for Augustine Canapino. They're doing big chants for him. Uh, that was a really cool thing to see. Uh, Bro, they but, ended up coming to my party. Oh, really? No way. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, but also 
one thing that was a little bit, this was a new thing for me in the parade. I think parents or uh, what were, they were firing kids out into live traffic, like as we were driving by to try to get autographs. It was wild. There were moments where like children and people were like running to moving vehicles, like asking us to sign stuff. And I was like, uh, I mean, th I'm happy to do this, but like there were kids running in front of cars as we're going there. I'm like, man, this is aggressive. Like this is more so than I normally, sometimes you'll get a couple of autographs that you'll sign, uh, as you, you know, as you go. But, uh, they they even had to have some, like, I think, I don't know what, they're not like parade security, but like parade chauffeurs or parade marshals or whatever they were Kinda called. walking by the cars. Yeah. yeah and, but like, they didn't tell anyone to stop. It's just like kids were flying out, like just left and right. You'd have kids running into the streets. Like wow. it was crazy. So a little dangerous, not going to lie, a little, a little crazy. And it made it, made the parade move a little bit less like a parade. Um, but, uh, but it was awesome. Awesome to see all those people, the energy, uh, there were some Connor Daly signs, a lot of Connor Daly t-shirts, always feel the, uh, the happiness and, you know, in a great row of American heroes, obviously Joseph Newgarden right next door to me, uh, felt great. A lot of people, told, a lot of people told Joseph to flex for them. That was my favorite thing that I heard. <laughs> they told Joseph, can you flex for us? And there were several moments where I thought there was going to be a chant that was like, take it off. Like that, that might've been, I, I, I wanted to get it going because I thought it would have been hysterical if all of a sudden people in the parade started chanting, take it off to Joseph because of the under days to indie scene. But I think uh, he would have. That, oh yeah, he, I think he definitely would have. He said, man, if that chance starts, I'll do it. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to get it going. <laughs> so that was uh, that was a really funny situation. Saturday was was great energy. We had a lot, a lot of good stuff going on. Um, and it was just fun to just be ready for the Indy 500. And, and yeah, I mean, race day, we can get right into it. Race day was, race day was something. Um, there was beautiful day, you know, a lot of, a lot of conspiracies right out the gate about downforce. Everyone looking at, you know, what are we going to run? What, what wing is there? What wings are we going to run? Uh, what do we got? Um, you know, compared to everyone else, um, and 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 it was just fascinating to see how the uh, you know how how the the temperature kind of ri rose a little bit, raised up a little bit. Yeah, it was a little um, overcast and chilly at the start of the day. A little overcast and chilly, which would have been nice. Um, but how was it? Did you think that the crowd? You could immediately tell, hey, this is a big this is a big crowd that's going to happen because I thought immediately there was a ton of people. Like the walk out to the driver intros, uh, snake pit. I mean, man, when I went to the snake pit. That looked, I mean, it was a powerful, powerful crowd. Um, yeah, bu bummer about our guy Shaq having to back out. Oh, huh? I know. I, I still have a lot of questions about Shaq and what was going on there. I mean, surely he's got he has, private planes. Like, he can make it in, make it out, however, whenever he needs to. Well, also, as like when he scheduled this, the Eastern Conference Finals are the same weekend every year. They're always taking place. During the Indy 500, like I just, yeah, uh, I'm a little lost on that. But and also, like maybe he had the Celtics in four. I don't know. Like maybe that, or like maybe that was it. I yeah. it was, it was sad to see, but they got um they got a guy named Valentino Khan to replace him, and he was really cool. He was he was like super pumped to be at the race. Uh, the DJs that I got to meet there and and hang with there were like super pumped to be there. Um, and the stage was awesome. Like just 
awesome. The energy there for me is is so much fun. Um, I even got a text. Normally, we've had the same we've had the same engineering meeting time for the Indy 500 ever since I've been with Ed Carpenter Racing. So for like three or four years now. And uh, this year, I get a text like right as I'm over there, and I'm about to I'm getting ready to leave. Head back. It's like ten. It's like ten oh five, ten ten. And uh, my engineer texts me. He's like, "Hey, we moved the engineering meeting up to ten fifteen. So can you come back?" And I was like. I think this was maybe done because I was at the snake pit. I don't know, but a you know, little conspiracy there. I mentioned it at the banquet too, um, but it was funny. I mean, either, either way, uh, the the funny thing about then moving the meeting early is we then basically had nothing to do for like 30, 40 minutes, which is kind of nice. But for me, that like 10, 15, 10, 20 to like 11, it's kind of, you don't really do anything. Like we're sitting in the engineering office. We've already talked about what we're going to do. You know, we maybe watched the end of the Monaco Formula One race, but that's not really a race. So we didn't really watch it. Um, but like, there's just like, I kind of like, we want to just get it going. Like just get us to the walk. Cause the walk down through gasoline alley is, is an incredible time. Uh, where did you kind of start out that whole, like, where did you watch any of the opening ceremonies from? Yeah, man. So I woke up and I had a whole, I had my, my folks, I had my in-laws, I had uh, friends coming out to the motorhome. Uh, my, my mother-in-law made uh, biscuits and gravy that she's done the past couple oh, of years on race nice. morning, which were fantastic. Um, so we were out by the motorhome just right behind the museum. And it was very interesting because like, you're looking out, you know, to turn to and to the short shoot and everything. And you, you just, every 10 Every 20, 30 minutes, you see just like more and more people, right? It yeah. starts filling up, filling up, filling up. But like when you're inside like that, where we were, you kind of feel secluded. Like there wasn't, you know, people like coming in and parking or people like walking through and through and everything. Like you parking kind of on your own out. Watch, no, yeah, no parking kind of available. It, watching it, how it's like playing out. Uh, so once we did that and got ready and then and had our, our little pregame drinks and biscuits and gravy, that's about... 1040, 10.45, we started to head into the mayhem, you know, to go to Plaza and park, park the golf cart and everything like that. And, um, yeah, so then from there, I mean, I was in Pagoda Plaza for a little bit, tried to get into the pits, but the guy was like, no, your pass isn't good here. I was like, I literally have, like, pre-race, it says pre-race pit access. What are you oh, talking no. about? And he was like, no, it's not good here. And I was like, okay. So um, I just went that and sucked. met up where I sit. Yeah, well, I was really, really bummed. Because I was trying to see everybody, maybe get a glimpse of driver, and uh, I got denied hardcore. But then went to where I usually sit, Grandstand B, um, right there underneath the um, the Grandstand, and uh, like box 9 and 12, something like that, right at the end of the pits. And from there, I mean, it was on. Like, we got up there, cracked a drink, and um, got Frank settled, and they were, you know, getting into driver intros, and then all the ceremonies were beginning. Um and the, and the tears began to flow and, uh, it was really, really a beautiful thing, man. And then, then, then we got underway and, and I felt like you guys were going to go green the entire time almost. I mean, you, uh, yeah. you guys were just, you were just dicing it up and just, and just spinning laps. And, uh, it was a real beaut to watch. Yeah. Did you, did, uh, Frank have little earmuffs, like little, little child earphones? Oh, yeah. Man, I'm really proud of my boy, man. Everybody was like, wow, you're taking them already. And I was like, yeah, we're taking them already. <laughs> And uh, he, he, he had his headphones on and he took probably two or three naps throughout the duration of the race. But like when he wasn't napping, he was kind of just like sitting on her lap, like 
watch the cars go by, chilling, playing <laughs> with random stuff. Like he did a great job. Didn't have one breakdown or freak out or anything like that at all. So um, uh, yeah, Joseph's Joseph had yeah. Joseph had his little baby uh, with him at the driver intro thing, right? And like. Yeah, Joseph's little baby had the little earmuffs on every time he kept pulling them off, pulling them off. Hell yeah. And yep. uh, and like we we're about to walk on stage. He's like, Connor, I need you to put his headphones on. I'm like, all right, that's fine. He's like, I'm going to hold his hands and you put these things on. And so I'm out here equipping Joseph's baby with earmuffs. And uh, <laughs> realistically, I think that gives me at least 10 percent of the reason why he won the Indy 500. Um, not really. That's that's just speculation. Um, sure. But, Helping out the New Garden family, you know what I mean. Helping out the New Garden family, uh, but the the that driver. Was cool interest- him, that was cool to see him. bring a uh, little man out there, you know, because I know oh, yeah. that him and Ashley they're pretty, pretty private folks when it comes to that, rightfully so. And then, uh, yeah, I was, I, I felt like it was cool to see him have little Coda out there. Yeah, there was quite a pack of us because he had Ryan and Ray, and he had I think most of his children with him as well. Uh, quite a, quite a pack of of young Americans out on the uh, on the intro stage there. <laughs> Yeah, it was and cool. I was just me. It was just like I was like, "Hey!" But uh, amazing cheer from the crowd as usual. I appreciate I appreciate the, all the folks, the locals, uh, cheering us on. My buddy Sam, uh, the DJ Jaws, he was DJing driver intros. He was having a great time as well. Uh, the energy was just amazing. Like, and th- that national anthem. I don't know if I was a fan of the national anthem. I'm not gonna lie. I, I don't. Jewel, great, great singer, but I I don't know. I. I I, I don't know if I was a fan of it. Were, were you a fan of it, Joey? I, well, I thought well, I thought it was a beautiful voice number. I thought, but I thought it was more like a acoustic concert set, like maybe in like a little small bar area, like, like a coffee for, house, like a coffee house national anthem. Like it just didn't seem like the power of of uh, of just like the Indy Five Hundred. Like last year's national anthem, I thought was great, um, and like when Kelly Clarkson or whatever she, when she sang it, I thought that yeah, was she, yeah. Um, I don't know. It was beautiful. Like it sounded great, but sometimes there's a national anthem at the speedway that like it just it generates just this huge like yeah, like we love freedom, you know what I mean? And it just yeah, that was cool, but it it was I don't know. What what do you think of that one? No, I think that's fair. Um yeah, I mean I, I think you did have in one hand, yes, it was like a beautiful voice and the acoustic was it was a, a nice thing, but then on the other hand be like Wish we were kind of bringing down the house more, you know. Wish yeah. we were kind of Whitney, Whitney Houston, it, you know what I mean? Where oh, everybody's yeah. like crying and has chills, and I mean, I, I was still that. crying. I, I was, I was in yeah. tears. I was weeping like a like a child on the playground after he sprained his ankle. Like I, I was weeping. Uh, and I mean, I it still feels like the coolest thing ever. The flyover, getting ready for that event. Uh, even when we get in the car, because the the sad part about when we have to get in the car is that we can't be outside of the car for back home again in Indiana. So, like, we have to See, listen to back home I, again in Indiana every time when we're sitting in the car. And I was weeping in the car, like, before we even about ready to leave. Because, again, that, that's, like, yeah, Jim Cornelison, I mean, he does, oh, I mean, that guy belts it out. I, it's That guy's electric. That He does, and that's that's the part that, like, I, I well up throughout me, all the stuff that comes before that, and I'm like, Bro, you can't let him go now because when it gets back home again in Indiana, it's happening. So, like, you, you don't want to be – I'm like, you know, I don't want to be in the stands just, like, freaking a mess all the way oh, through. Yeah. I'm like, hold it together, weld it up a little bit until we get back home again in Indiana and then let it fly every year. And just it happens let every it ride. year. <laughs> and especially with, with my son in hand this year, too. Um, 
very, very special. Um, ben, but what, real quick, Ben, what did it look like from uh, from someone who had to watch on the television? Uh, what did it look like? Did, like I, I saw a couple of cool camera angles they were using. Uh, did it look good from from like someone who had to watch on television? I actually wasn't able to tune in because I was at the track um, until about lap uh. 17 and I was able to watch the whole thing. But uh, from the clips I've seen, it seemed awesome. I think the broadcast did awesome, just even pre-race throughout everything. Well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought I thought it looked, it just looked outstanding. The crowd again with with all, no seats. I mean, yeah, it was just it's just the coolest thing ever. Like I, people always ask, and like you know, David Letterman was on the grid. Got to chat with David Letterman briefly. Saw you it was awesome. Um, you know, saw like these two random po- folks that I didn't know about, Demi Bagby or whatever this this like wild fitness athlete lady person that like her and her boyfriend are big. Oh in. yeah. Big influencers on the internet. They like kind of hu- like hustled through our little pit area. And uh, like, I was like, oh, hey guys. And the boyfriend was like, hey man, great luck. And I'm like, all right, thank you. I appreciate that. I don't know if you guys know who I am, but I was like, that's cool. Um, but just like the whole scene of the grid, um, you know, I had my whole Irish family there. Uh, I had my family. Uh, you know, we're all crying. We're all happy. We're all ready to go. Um, but uh, but I mean it was time to race and 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 we you know we ended up on a downforce. We saw that Joseph had a little bit less than we did, uh, which looks like it worked out for him. <laughs> but it was it was interesting, man. We like to get into some of the details. Uh, I, I you know we actually first of all we actually deleted a part of our show last last show. Uh, to be honest with the folks. Um, and, and when we like being honest, we don't like editing out parts of our shows. Um, but I got, I got very honest about, uh, well, I lost my onboard camera after qualifying, um, which I thought was, uh, was, uh, very sad. Um, and it was, uh, to let people know, I, I will be very m- much more or less, much more or less, much less yeah. aggressive about it. Um, I still don't like how it went down. I, I didn't know there was a bounty on it. Like whoever had to qualify highest was going to get the camera. No one, no one made me aware of this. Um, mm. but it's not like we as drivers can do a ton in qualifying anyway, if we're just kind of flat for four laps and we have some speed or sometimes we don't. Um, but, uh, but yeah, w- was it was a shame to lose the onboard camera. That's my own personal opinion. Uh, great that Renus got it because obviously, you know, Renus, uh, well, he was on the front row. So that, that does make sense. I, I can't argue with that logic, of course. Um, but you know, this is a race that I've done well at and turns out we were the highest finishing Ed Carpenter racing car again. But anyway, that was what I was immediately, uh, wanted to tell people we did edit out a part of our show, but now, cause we didn't want any bad energy, didn't want any bad energy before the race. Uh, but now that the greatest race is over, we can talk about it a little bit. But uh, but yeah, getting into the race right out the gate, Graham Rahal, poor guy, never got out of the never got out <laughs> the gate. When we came around on that front straight and like we it was like basically a traffic jam, that was a weird situation because all of us are like, oh shoot, now we got to clutch in and like now it's a mess. We don't get that cool photo of all three three by three on the yeah. front straight. Uh, you know, we have to wait for to, for next year on that one. Um, but starting the race immediately, I could tell uh, we were going to have a bit of a struggle with restarts. Um, 
the way our car ended up being geared uh, was more for long green flag stints, and uh, and it was really tough to accelerate uh, through through any um, any type of restart situation. Our our fourth gear seemed quite long. Uh, didn't really pull as hard as we were hoping in fourth gear. A lot of people were like, "Oh, maybe you could have been more aggressive on restarts." Like, well, if I'm flat on the throttle and I just can't quite accelerate as anyone else, we're kind of putting in a bad spot there. Um, and again, no fault of anyone. We had to take a chance on gears, um, you know, to to hopefully, you know, because of all the information that we had and anything I say, people will, you know, get mad at anyway. But uh, but that's what was going on. We struggled with fourth gear. Uh, it was a couple times if you got backed up a little bit. Uh, you know, good for trying to time runs and, and make some passes, uh, but difficult to, uh, if you got held up a little bit, cause we can't use third gear when we're on track. Third gear is quite a difference when fourth is long. You can't really downshift to third to get, get some acceleration because they're too far apart in ratio. Um, so, you know, the race started and I thought we were good right out the gate. Um, I, I felt confident. I lost, uh, I lost spots to Joseph and Ryan right out the gate. Cause we, we, we had a difficulty accelerating. Uh, on the down the front straight for the start, but got Ryan pretty quickly right afterwards. Uh, Joseph was moving forward. I was trying to move forward. We eventually got Benjamin Peterson as well. Um, but that stint was going well. Like people were falling off, and we were not. We were good, uh, and and that felt nice. Like it was the and and honestly, you mentioned a lot of green flag laps, Joey. You're exactly right. We got to lap 100, and I was like what like it's already lap 100 i was like that's crazy it was mm-hmm. the quickest that race had ever gone by for me um because we had that yellow around lap 100 with uh with grosjean i think putting it in the wall uh or no stingray bob stingray, stingray bob was the first crash which happened directly in front of me and i could see this coming a mile away uh we were moving forward we were on the right strategy we had cycled forward we were passing people and it felt like I was one of the really the only people that were actually like making passes on track. Um, and we were getting the car dialed in, but I watched Graham Ray Hall and Stingray Rob go into turn one. I'm sitting right behind them because I just passed whoever was was behind them as well. Um, and Stingray, I noticed this is something you have to kind of pick up on uh, as you race throughout the season. Stingray loved hanging it out really wide at Texas. And at Texas... You can do that. Like he was making up some spots, um, but there he ended is up a, doing the same thing there, though. But he did Eventually. end up doing the same thing there. He, he sometimes on these ovals, you cannot do that. There's not enough grip out there to just hang around the outside, especially at Indy after literally going 85, 90 laps without any yellows. There is a ton of marbles offline. And as soon as they went into that corner, I saw Stingray going in the wall. I was already mm-hmm. backing off, just hoping he wasn't going to bounce off and go left immediately. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully he learns from that. You know, rookie mistake for sure. He was mad at Graham, but honestly, Graham was just trying to – he had been trying to pass him for three laps. It wasn't really Graham's fault. Like, Graham got to the inside, and you just you, – you, you can't really stay to the outside. Like, we saw it – you know, we saw it with Felix. He overcorrected, like – he tried to not be on the outside and get back down to the inside, but then lost the air, uh, you know, mm-hmm. so quickly on on the nose. So, um, you know, tough to see that, but that kind of put everyone, you know, right near each other again. We're getting into some strategy, you know, getting into the pits. Uh, we had one tough stop. All of our stops were really good, uh, but we lost a couple spots. We went, we had gone up to ninth, uh, and when everyone pitted, we ended up coming out back in thirteenth. 
Um, but that was really the only one we had troubles with. The rest of our strategy and everything was really, really good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, from then on, it seemed like there was a lot happening. Like we had uh, Grosjean crash. We then started getting, you know, back into restarts. Things were going well. Um, and we kind of slowly started working our way forward. We're in the top 10. Uh, yep. Are you guys seeing kind of, hey, we're slowly getting our way there. We're slowly working, working on what was going on. Yeah, for sure. I literally turned to my wife probably about the time you're talking about. And I said to her, I said, Connor may win this. Like, Connor <laughs> may win this thing. Like, just because you, you would, just like you said, you, you worked your way up. You're sitting there at that eighth, you know, eighth, ninth right there. And, and you were just kind of, I kept telling her, I was like, hanging around. And you're hanging around, you're making the passes, you're, you're making the jumps up that you need to uh, to get you in the spot to, you know, hopefully when it came to be about 150 or so on, to where you could kind of pounce. Who and else did it look like at that point? Like, who else did it look like at that point? Like, who did you think, like, halfway through was like, all right, that's going to be our winner? Like, who who, who looked who looked strong? Like, specula- speculation had on halfway through the race. Honestly, I said that to Rye, and then I texted my buddy Sam, and I said, this may end up being New Garden's year. I, I literally, I said that. Oh, wow, um, yeah. Just because, again, you guys, he started right next to each other, and then here you are. I felt like you guys were passing a whole bunch of people. And you're working your way up into that top seven, eight, sure. um, and I'm, um, you know, and 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 my naivete, I guess, you know, I'm just like, I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, well, you're up front right now. Craziness is going to happen up front. Maybe if you're sitting back right there, just kind of hanging around towards the end, uh, right, like you said, with about fifty laps, forty laps left, or whatever, at that seven, eight spot, I'm like Connor and Joseph look to be really good. Um, yeah. I- it's it's really yeah. interesting. I, I thought we were going the right way, slowly but surely. You know, we don't want to lead it halfway. We don't, we want to lead at the end. Um, yep. You know, I found myself behind Alex Rossi a ton. Like, it looked like he was right there. We we spent a whole stint, like, behind the McLaren car. He looked fast, but again, couldn't really make a ton of progress. Like, there were people that were falling off more. Like, obviously, Scott Dixon, at the beginning with his vibration thing, like, some people were fi- falling off. Their tires were falling off like crazy. Like that whole vibration video with Scott Dixon was like the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like all of us get vibrations, I would say, most of the field. Um, And it's just kind of part of, I guess, how the tires wear and how things, like how fast we're going, the grip that we have. Um, But like just to get right towards the end of it, I mean, people started really just going for it. Like the whole Kyle Kirkwood, Felix crash, like late moves, late crazy stuff happening, Felix getting into the wall again happened right in front of me and i saw kyle like i mentioned at the banquet like as soon as felix slid up i was like oh no this is not good um and man kyle like he popped up like crazy and the interesting thing about our series which i find kind of kind of well it's great that our cars are really safe right you had cars flipping flying pato's car almost went up you know went up in the air we had these mm-hmm. new wickers on the sides of the car that are supposed to help us flipping, and Kyle just flips immediately. Like, it's we add all these small things to our car to try to help certain things, but like racing is still racing. I'm sorry, but like adding all these tiny little pieces that just add weight to the car, add things to the car, like cars are going to flip if they're going to flip. Like, doesn't matter how you channel the air around them. Like, and, and, and the cars are safe enough, though, to where like, boom, Kyle flips. He's like, all right. 
get me the f out of here. I, I liked his little radio message that was on that was played that uh, he did not enjoy being upside down, which uh, I can promise you is not a fun situation. Uh, but I was glad to see that he was all right. Um, and then, yeah, cautions breed cautions, as they say, right? Like things started kicking off. Uh, you had Pato, the whole Pato incident. I, I I actually got up to Pato at one point, rotating through strategy, and I was I was right behind him. We we towed up to him. I almost I I tried to pass him into one. He threw a block really late, and my spotter was like so mad. Like my spotter, Packy Wheeler, in turn one is probably one of the probably my most encouraging person on the team. Like he's he, he's he's very very on my side, and uh, I love working with him. Um, but he was like, that guy is an idiot <laughs> talking about Pato. And yeah. you know what? I, I respect the guy's aggression, but the, the whole Pato incident, my view on that is he was either going to go in there and hope that he hit Marcus the right way to where Marcus would crash or that was it. And cause like that was such a late move and at Indy, I mean that just that doesn't really ever work. Very yeah. very low. Um, but sometimes, like you do see on ovals, like if the inside guy hits the outside guy in the right angle, uh, you can get rid of him. And so, like I've seen Paddle wreck a couple different people now. Like he wrecked himself this time, and he's like, "Oh, I should have brought Erickson with him." It's like uh, that wasn't Marcus's fault. Like Marcus was just holding his line. Like he tried to give you a little bit of room, but he threw it in there so late. Like I, Pato's mindset, I think is really going to like, I like, I like Pato. I think he's very talented. And obviously the Mexican fan base, very supportive. He's Pato's literally probably the most famous person in our series right now. Um, but I, I just, I, I'm kind of starting to look at the mindset that he's got. Like, Oh, don't apologize for wrecking Scott Dixon. It's like, these are like really good and well-established people here that like, if you're going to keep doing that, like that's not actually racing anymore. That's just like trying to be really threatening. And now you're crashing yourself. Like that's, that's just, that's just not, it doesn't look great. So I, I think multiple people will have multiple different views on that incident. I think it was very late and knowing how difficult it is for these cars having literally just done a 500 mile race in one at the front, you got to be really alongside of someone to make that work. And you got to be going by them to make that pass work. Um, and he just wasn't there. So I respect the aggression, but like, what did you think of it? It, it did feel like Pato puffed his chest out and saying, I'm going to make up for last year. And yeah. I'm gonna, it, I'm like right out the gate right now. too. <laughs> I'm going to make it happen right now. And, uh, and like you said, just kind of, I'm Pato MF Ward, you know? Um, and I think that is one of his best qualities, but I think that also, like you said, is shown to hurt Pato and, and other people, uh, in ways. Now the, the race fan, the IndyCar fan, the drama fan in me is like, let's do it. Let's do Pato Marcus the rest of the year. Let's yeah. Get it fired up. Let's have them going at each other. Let's have uh, Scott Dixon and Ganassi with Marcus going after Pato and Pato going for <laughs> them. Two big double birds. I'm, let's do it, man. Let's get all those quotes going. Exactly. Um, but I did have quite a hefty wager on Pato. And oh. for a, a while there with. <laughs> What was it? I'd say probably from 
150 to uh, 140 to 165, 170. I was like, I think Pato's gonna like. I, I think Pato's he's, he's got this. Like if he just doesn't do something like that, you know. Um, and then he did something like that. Yeah, it was interesting so, you know, because like yeah. I, I coming out behind him at one point, like racing with him, I was like, all right. I think we've now rotated to the right part of the field. You know what I mean? Like coming out with Pato, like I knew he was at the front and running with him there, but then he was kind of on a separate strategy. Like there was a couple, there was a big split in strategies there towards the end on who pitted at like that lap 60 or whatever caution and then who stayed yeah. out. Uh, and we were one of the ones that stayed out. Um, but still kind of, you know, the, 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 the guys at the front still rotated to the front. We still ended up being at the front. Um, but uh but yeah it just it just became aggressive you know i raced a lot with alex below uh you know he he made a mistake i passed him uh we came out of the pits the next stint and uh like literally we got the same understeer the same push out of two uh and then he got me the next time um and so you know racing with guys like dixon and Pelot felt really good for me uh because i enjoy racing with those guys uh but it felt like again we had a fast car we were a little bit short in sixth gear as well so it was tough to make some passes sometimes because you really need all that momentum um, to get by someone. But we could run really close, and our tires lasted really long. So the, I got to give credit to the team for giving us a great car, uh, you know, handling-wise, because I thought we did have a very good race car. But it was one of those situations that we needed a bit of a lucky, uh, not a lucky yellow, but a, a either a really fast pit stop or a bit of an aggressive strategy call on the undercut or overcut to, like, rotate to second. Because if we rotated up to second, like, I think we were good enough to really, you know, do that exchange of position from first to second. So um, it was kind of a shame it didn't play out that way. Uh, and then the restarts were complete disasters. But one funny thing about the red flags, right? I hated all those red flags. I, I've now done so many Indy 500s now with red flags at the end. I think they're ridiculous. I don't like them. Um, but we had a big conspiracy today in the, in the, in the, I, I went to the race shop yesterday <laughs> to see the car. Cause I got hit a lot. Like when Pato's crash, uh, Renus ran directly into the back of me and I thought the rear was destroyed on the car. I could see his Bobby nose was broken. Yeah. And, and I was told also that maybe Colton hit him into me. Uh, I, I haven't really talked to him yet much about it. I mean, he didn't do it on purpose. We were all trying to, I mean, I almost hit Scott Dixon because he was, uh, like directly in front of me and we were all trying to slow down. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but we also rolled in one red flag, and Scott Dixon was behind me and he actually hit me when we came to a stop on the red flag. And some of my team members were like, because at the back of the car, kind of where the nose could potentially get under the car and, and do some damage. This, this happened to me at Nashville last year. We lost our, our gear position sensor. Our gear position sensor is like in the back of the car near the attenuator. And like people were saying, Scott Dixon might've been trying to break my gear position sensor i don't know but it was just a light little rub as we come to a stop there in the red flag and uh i don't know why that happened again i don't think scott dixon's a deep conspiracy guy where he's like i'm gonna break this guy's gear position sensor but people were saying so I, I i like scott dixon i don't think he would ever do that but it was weird to get hit under a red flag in the pit lane <laughs> just a little nudge yeah i don't like red flags yeah, so at all I, I just it's just absurd so there's so much that can go wrong you didn't see warrant for any of those. Well, no, I'm I mean, sorry. I think we understand that, you know, the the race needs to be finished under green. I think the first red flag 
I think that's too early because there were still like 19 laps left. You could yeah. have easily gone yellow, fixed whatever you needed to fix, and you know we probably would have gone racing again with five or six laps to go, whatever it is. That's still a shootout. But instead, we go red, and in our minds as drivers, we're like, well, now the race is almost over. We got to go for it. And that gives you another opportunity for chaos. Um, and then that brought in another opportunity for chaos, and it brought on a first-time situation ever for me where we literally leave the pits and we went green. Like, I've never in my entire career ever done that, like, in, in a race. I, I found it astounding. The, our, our pit crews were still walking back to our boxes when they threw the checkered flag. Like yeah. it was, it was kind of, it was kind of wild to see that. Um, but so you understand where Marcus is coming from with what he said post race? Yeah, I do. I mean, if I was him, I'd be, if I was him and I hadn't won an Indy 500, I would be furious. Like if, if that's what stopped me from winning the Indy 500, I would go to war, but Marcus has won one. So I'm sure it was like less like, Hey, can't really change it now. Um, but I just, I just didn't, I didn't enjoy the way that ended. Obviously, ending under green is the right way. But with the way this race works out, if you were starting first, you were always going to get screwed. So if you, if if you were leading at that restart, you were never, never going to win that race because there's just too much momentum behind you. So it's kind of a tough situation to call. But very happy for Joseph. Joseph made the right move when he needed to. They that Penske team dialed it in. And and they you know and Joseph wins. I mean Joseph deserves it. He had a great day. That they, they, that team called a perfect race. He made the passes when he needed to. He passed me on the outside after I passed him back on the first lap. And I was like, this guy is he's on a hunt today. He was he was doing something. You know he was going he was doing something fierce. Um. So yeah, I, I, I'm yeah. I'm really happy for him. It, it was I was. You know, I, 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 my pit box is right where he stopped to, uh, you know, to celebrate and run into the crowd like a psychopath. Um, but that was uh, incredible. Man. It that was, was the coolest thing ever. It was wild to see. Uh, just happy for him and his family. Um, an incredible, just I, I think an incredible event. A lot of chaos to talk about. You had a tire flying into the stands. I mean, we didn't even talk Jeez. about that. That was yeah. that was nuts to see that. Glad that didn't hurt anyone. Goodness gracious. Um, but overall, yeah, I mean, great Indy 500. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, for us finishing eighth, I hated it, hated everything about it, but two top tens in a row now at this race, uh, for three years in a row, we've been the best finishing ECR car. Like it feels good for me, uh, to have done what we did in, in, in a situation where I thought we were struggling, uh, you know, just with the, the way we were accelerating. Uh, but the car was great. It was fun to drive the whole race. Uh, felt like we were in a position to attack and, um, you know, didn't get to lead the race, sadly, which I, I hate it for my, my, my supporters in the crowd. Um, but we finished eight and, and, uh, you know, it is what it is. I, I, I could say a lot more. I, I want to say a lot more, but you know, bitnow.com, our support, our cars there, our team, um, you know, they looked great. Uh, you know, Renus and I big battle on the last couple of laps. Renus still in the top 10 as well, uh, after his chaotic, uh, chaotic day. Uh, hated to see Ed. You know that was a that was a tough end for Ed. Ed had a solid day going as well. Um, spent a lot of the time around with Ed actually uh, during that race, which was uh, tough at times. Uh, but Ed, you know, y you hate to see one car get wrecked, 
um, because Ed was having a great day too. So I, I think overall we can be happy with how it goes. Indy 500 champion, great champion, right? Great marketing for the series. And yep. uh, this is this is big, Joey. This is big. Yeah. TV ratings were up. TV ratings were good. Uh, that deserves a, a round of applause for everyone at IndyCar. The advertising, the 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 pump up promotions. That was I literally had this. I was like going to sleep at night Monday night, like scared. Like I was like, oh man, I really hope people watch this race. I really, really do. And and we got to give credit where credit's due. The fans showed up. They watched. I mean, that's great news. Yep. Best rating in 15 years, I believe they said. I don't know, but it was more than last year. That's all that matters. <laughs> I, think I, I think I saw that. Um, saw that that was the best NBC Sunday afternoon program since yes. last June. Um, and and to your point, you know, I, I I wanted to I wanted today on the show to to throw out a challenge to our friend Joseph Newgarden. Oh, here um, we go. One, obviously, so happy for for him to get that off his back. Like I said, off the top, and, and finally now stop hearing the question even that i've asked that that we asked when he was on this program a couple months ago um and and now forever you know he's immortal right he's 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 a he's a champion but he's also a 500 champion and it's all everything's good gravy now but i want to put out a challenge to him go ahead no go ahead i i love this i I was i was just going to agree with you on everything that you said i want to put out a challenge to him because I, I I mentioned it to him when he was on our show about don't you feel like you should be a bigger star you know like you're the face in the series um, you're 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 everywhere on the TV show that we have now uh, yeah you're so marketable and I'll throw this challenge out to him I want to challenge Joseph Newgarden to be the best 500 champion of an entire generation I, I want <laughs> him to wear this crown and wear the board wreath and, and 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 soak in the milk for the entire year. I want to see him on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. I want to see him get a cameo in a freaking yes. NBC television series. I want to see him. I want him to. I understand how how passionate he is about racing and how he's got to be Penske perfect and how he just wants to be in the car. He doesn't want to focus on anything else. I want him for at least six to eight months here. Not put racing <laughs> to the side, but just add all of this other stuff to his racing schedule. Be out there on social media. Be an absolute dog when it comes to doing appearances. Wear this crown. Show your face and that smile, and that chiseled jawline, and be the best champion that we've ever seen. Take it upon yourself, my man. To skyrocket this series and this sport and this race to levels that we have not yet seen before, I want to challenge Joseph Newgard to that to do that because he can do that. He can do that. I agree. I mean, the fact that he hasn't been on a late night television program already is is is, is a shame. I think Joseph's got a great personality for it. I mean, his, his speech at the banquet was very Pensky. Uh, I, w- I would have loved to have seen some tears out of Joseph. Maybe some. Some true honesty, but boy, did he thank everyone. Um, but uh, you know, but that's that's also Joseph. I think people people realize that Joseph has bus bros, Joseph, and Joseph has like Penske man, Joseph. He he really does have two different kind of characters. Um, I I like 
Fun Joseph. I, I have known Fun Joseph for a long time, as have you, I'm sure, Joey as well. Um, we had Joseph out Sunday night at the club. Uh, great time with Joseph out there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I really do hope they push him out there like crazy. Uh, you know, Joseph obviously still going to be trying to win the championship because he's, you know, he, he has nothing else in his mind other than complete and utter success. Um, just doing everything, everything necessary, everything possible. And I really hope IndyCar and all those, all those folks, um, you know, can, 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 can do that with him and do it as a team. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think everyone has a series, Penske, the whole entertainment group. I just, I, I see it great as a great thing for the series. So, you know, We'll, we'll, we'll see. I, and great news for Joseph. He won $3.6 million. Now, this is definitely a topic. <laughs> this is a topic I wanted to get into. I knew um, when I tweeted at you that that was going to be the response, but I just wanted to put it out there. <laughs> this is a topic that makes me almost furious because every year, I don't know if people have noticed, but every year we've got less and less acknowledgement on what, each driver actually gets money wise because it's not really, it does not go to the driver. So there are like certain amount, like, like we used to get like behind me, it, there, there's a couple different photographs of like the grids. And we used to get these little fake pieces of these little placards that were like, Oh, Connor Daly, 33rd place or 12th place, whatever it is. Uh, you get $280,000 or whatever it is. Right. Little prize money checks. Like fake checks. It was cool. Like bring them home, even though you didn't get any of the like money back then either. Checks. Yeah. Yeah. And we still didn't get any, any of the money back then either. But, um, but like last year, like last year was my best finish. I was like, man, this is going to be cool. Like hopefully we can, like maybe the prize money is great. And like they announced the purse, like the purse is very large. But I, I don't think some people understand that the, the teams, if you're a top 22 team, top 22 car, entrant, whatever it is, that that entrant gets like I believe one 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 point one million dollars or or a million dollars uh, from the series because if you're in the top twenty two in points, extra million dollars for the team. It helps keep people employed over the winter. It helps do good things for racing, right? But now that was like that was kind of introduced when we didn't really like when we only had twenty two cars. Now we have twenty seven. So you know, there's more drivers. There's more money coming into the series. There's more stuff going. Like there's just more money in general overall, and the way that they're increasing the purse, though, is, for the 500 is actually it, it's and and I don't want them to hate me for this, but like it's I, I would say it's it's very confusing for those looking at us because they're like, oh, wow, you guys are making a ton of money. We're not. The top three are, I would say, like you, you definitely the top three are. But like last year when they said like my prize money was. 500 and something thousand, whatever it is, I was like, oh, wow, that's great, because like normally from like the the leader circle, like you saw a lot of people based at like 300 grand. The leader circle was $300,000 of your Indy 500 prize money. Anything else was prize money that would be split between team and driver again. So last year they had increased it from 300 to 450 of leader circle money. So then my prize money went from like, it was like, oh, I thought I was going to make, you know, 200 grand in prize money. I ended up making like, because the way my contract works and I'll be honest with people is like, any race prize money, I get 40% of race prize money. And if I win, 50% split with the team. So, you know, whatever was left, the team gets the the 450. And then there was another split of 60-40 uh, 
uh, team prize money. So again, last year, not a bad year, but in, you know, people thought I made like 600 grand. I made like 30 grand after taxes, which is again, great. Like that is not bad at all. But this, this event, I, I want to let people know, again, it looked like eighth place, $512,000. They said that I won. And I, and I just want to be honest with people before you ask drivers and tell drivers, oh, you guys should be driving sports cars and paying for everyone's dinner and all this stuff. It's like, look, I finished eighth place at the Indy 500, uh, $512,000. Well, the leader circle is now $500,000. So the leader circle payment is now at least from what I, now this might be speculation. I'm 99% sure it's, I think on Friday we get more information about this, but I'm 99% sure it's $500,000 now for the, for the top 22 cars. So I, after taxes, that means there's $12,000 left for finishing eighth. So after a 60-40 split, we can do the math on that. That's what, what's what's 40% of 12,000, Joey? That's probably what's... $3,000? Yeah, so after taxes, that's maybe like $1,500. I don't know. Or I, like, on, the, on the high end, I'm going to make $3,000 for finishing eighth at the Indy 500 and putting in a month's work of trying to be the best that we can be, win the greatest race in the world. I made more money finishing 29th at the Daytona 500 in a car that was really not, we were, we were struggling the whole time. 29th at the Daytona 500, I think I made, and and like, I think I made $8,000 or something absurd. So I still think that that needs to be rethought. I still think what they say about the purse being big, I just, I don't I, like. I think that's positive, and again, this helps the teams. But it's a bit of smoke and mirrors, and I I just wish that we had more prize money to the drivers. I I, I do believe that we are, uh, you know, in the top three. Hey, top three, that's great. You know, Joseph's gonna make still great money. Uh, and and again, we should all be wanting to finish in the top three. But I had Noah Gregson, friend of a show. He was like, "Hey, that's probably a good payday, right?" I was like, "No, it was not." Like, and he was like, so even Joseph, you know, cause they're posted on sports center and everything, which I, I felt like I noticed an uptick in the posts from places like ESPN sports center, yes, which was great about the 500, which is fantastic. Um, but they posted about how, what was his like 3.3 million dollars or something like that. 3.6. So, yeah. Okay. So, so let's take 500 out of that. And then usually I would say, and again, every driver, I would say every driver's contract is yeah, different, contract be different, right? Yeah. But most from the most that I've seen, it's usually like 50, 50, if you win. So with the team, so take 500 out. So that's 3.1 split that in half, uh, because team takes half. So that's, you know, he's probably clearing over a million bucks, which is great. All right, so drinks on Joseph at the Rats. Drinks on Joseph. Weekend. Yeah, drinks on <laughs> Joseph. That's that's what it is. Because I, I, like the 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 thing about the banquet is too, this year I what, what I mentioned earlier, they kind of they started taking away the fake little pieces of paper, then they stopped uh, say then they stopped putting the money amount out there. Now they didn't even mention what each driver made. Like the each like they didn't they didn't tell anyone except for Joseph what he made. And uh and and so publicly it was kind of like I even actually I had to go and like research what I made because I didn't know. Um, so there you that's go. a bit of a, you know, that's, that's to be honest with you folks, you know, that's, it's kind of a, that's a tough one, uh, because you know, it's a lot of work and, and honestly, you know, 
I, I do wish there was more for those that that you know are finishing at least in the top ten, top fifteen. Sure, um, but uh, it is still more than we would have made if we finished eighth at any other race. So happy with that. But I wanted to be honest with people and let people know, hey, this is uh you know this is just what's real. And p- again, people might get mad at me for doing that, but I don't I don't know why because the purse is still great. Like the money is still going somewhere to the teams and the teams. Yeah, need, yeah. Like the teams, you know, teams are the reason why we're here. Um, but I just want people to know this is why I don't own a car. Like I have a Tahoe, but that was that thanks to Chevy. I got, <laughs> I have a Tahoe and a broken down Subaru. We are not necessarily out here just raking. Like my, my career winnings at the Indy 500 is something absurd, like millions of dollars. I've never had a million dollars in my life. So I, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what people are, are trying to think of. Um, but, uh, but don't that's, believe everything you read on the internet. That's the don't lesson. believe what you read on the internet. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so uh, that, that that basically brings us to the end of the Indy 500. Really, I, I think I, I enjoyed hearing that people were watching. Um, this is random, but I got a text from Tommy Lee from Motley Crew saying that he was watching the race. I thought that was one of the coolest things I got to see. He was watching the Indy 500. Uh, a lot of folks seemed to tune in. We appreciate those folks that did. All the people. Oh, I I had two cool notes. Yes. And they're not even like notes. They're just something I saw on TikTok this morning, actually. And it was, I opened up TikTok, and the first video I see is a video that's like the Daytona 500 versus the Indy 500. And the caption was like, the two biggest races in the world, and, and this is the difference, like, uh, NASCAR needs to do better. And, like, you're watching the Daytona 500 broadcast from this year. And it's kind of dead, you know? Like, yeah. it's it's... And then they flip it to to the last lap of the Indy 500, and, and Diff and Hinch are going nuts, and the crowd is going crazy. And that, and I and I opened up the comments, and the first comment I saw there was somebody who was like, "I'm not even an IndyCar fan, but I was watching the Indy 500, and I was on the edge of my seat." And I thought that was great. I was like, "There we go. That's what it takes." Because yes. then all of a sudden, now you see that, and you're like, "Wait, this is awesome." Um, so I thought that was cool. So also, yeah, to the people who watch, but then, to, you know, tip of the cap to NBC, Lee Diffie, Hinch, Townsend Bell, you know, Kevin Lee, Marty um, Snyder, all the, all, all the people who put together just an electrifying broadcast uh, to show what it is in the greatest spectacle in racing. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was just so much. I mean, honestly, we could, we could talk about this race, I feel like for hours. I mean, there's still, still so many small things, um, you know, that happened. And, and, and I just, I, I think we want to just let, you know, be honest with people. And I, I loved all the folks the whole month, you know, that listened to this show and that, and that told us about it at the track. I, I don't know about you, Joey, but I got a ton of people, saw some people in speed street shirts, um, yep. you know, had a lot of people, even that I honestly didn't even expect like that listened to the show. I was like, Oh, sweet. Like, awesome. Thank you. Like, people that work for the IndyCar series or people that work here and there. Like, I was just like, Oh, nice. I appreciate you guys listening to the show. Um, it's what and, we do it for. Yeah. And, and we definitely try, you know, to, to give you guys an honest look at what was going on and, uh, you know, appreciate the support because, Hey, we had a great race. Uh, and we got a lot of cool, cool shows ahead in the future too. We got another race this weekend in Detroit. Um, and again, please watch that one too. We had f- almost 5 million people watch the Indy 500. Why can we at least not get one million of those people to watch Detroit? I mean, it's there's still 27 of us out there, a great product. 
you know, that's still our biggest, uh, our biggest Achilles heel is like, how, how are we not getting that, you know, at each race? Obviously the 500 is the 500, but I wish we could at least retain at least two of those millions of folks or one millions of those folks, uh, you know, for Detroit this weekend. Hopefully we will. I think, uh, I think, I, I think we will call the shot. I think we're going to start going, um, you know, seeing that upswing there because of this, this whole last month and, um, what we saw there real quick. I want to get, uh, before we uh, take a brief look at Detroit, um, cause I know you got to go, but I, I saw a lot of people talking afterwards on Twitter about, um, the old snake move and how deep you should be oh, allowed yeah. to dive to be able to cut the draft. Where do you stand on that? We saw, uh, Marcus do it last year. We saw Joseph this year when you're coming down off a four and, uh, you know, it looks like you're taking a nosedive into the pits and then you're swerving back out. What, what, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, honestly, man, like there's, there's space there. So you, I mean, you might as well use it. I, when I saw it, cause like, thankfully, you know, I, I was close enough to be in that lead pack and be like, and, and, and seeing this, the snake. And I was trying to get a run on Sato because like Sato was so much slower than us. And he got, happened to get a run on us on that last lap. And I was so pissed about it. Um, and so I was trying to get a run on Sato and I see Joseph go all the way down to the pit lane. And I'm like, holy crap. Like that is deep down there he went um but honestly you have to do it because these cars you know if you're the if you're the lead car the car generates so much drag um that the guy behind you is getting a big run and then sure enough you know if marcus had another 200 feet you know he's pulling alongside joseph and getting close to it so uh you have to do it i i think it's on the last lap i think you have to do it i think you know as drivers we know where the pit lane is <laughs> you know we know we're not going to hit that uh, and he's not hitting anyone by going down there. Um, so it is what it is. I, I think that's just yeah, part of part of the game, part of the game that you're playing on the last lap. It's it's the sacrifice. It's 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 what you're willing to do to win this race. For sure. Yep. Just saw some commenting about it on Twitter, and so figured I'd ask to you know just discuss it and um, be topical with it. But yeah, I mean, if there's track out there, got to use it. Got to use it on the last lap. Uh, all right, man. And uh, Detroit, you're heading out there after the show. You're heading out there tonight. Uh, what could folks expect? What are you expecting with the new layout set up there in the uh, streets of Detroit? Well, yeah, I mean, a hometown uh, for for Chevrolet. Chevrolet, obviously, extremely excited after you know winning the race there uh, at the at the 500. Uh, you know, really happy for Team Chevy. They brought a great package for us uh, during the month of May. Um, and so, yeah, a new, whole new track for us. So that, that'll be, that'll be kind of crazy. Uh, hard to know what to expect. Um, we did a few simulator laps at Detroit. Uh, definitely seems bumpy. A lot of first gear corners, uh, a lot of lefts, uh, a lot of left-hand turns. Um, and, you know, should be interesting. So I, I, I think, uh, there's going to be a lot for people to, you know, to, to, to watch out for. Uh, a separated pit lane. Uh, we're going to have cars on, on either side of the pit lane. Uh, no idea how that's yeah. going to work out, honestly. I I, I, I really don't. Um, and I just hope it's good. I, I think a lot of the new street courses that we've had in the, in, in the last couple of years, like Nashville, Nashville's a tough track, uh, not a great track for racing. Um, but, uh, but I have faith in the Penske Entertainment folks and the, and the folks in Chevy. A lot of money has been put into this, so we got to, we got to be excited about it, and I think they're going to do a great job with it. Uh, a lot of intro, a lot of cool concerts and, and good stuff going on. I know Steve Aoki's playing up there at one night. 
Um, so I, I have faith that these uh, the folks b- behind Chevy and Penske Entertainment um, are going to do a great job. So so give us a chance. The straight is the straight is long and wide, and it goes into a crazy hairpin. So there's going to be a definitely a you know some passing opportunities there, um, and I, I I think it should you know should be an exciting race. Can't wait. Count down the days. I need that IndyCar fix after an entire month of May and being out there at the track every day. I know that I'm probably speaking for a lot of people who feel the same way. So that's coming up this weekend, 3 p.m., um, probably about 3.30 green NBC. clock. Like on a big NBC, of course. So, um, all right, do we want to do our first uh, Ricky Treadway random Indy 500 driver for leading up to the 108th running? Of the Indianapolis 500. Absolutely, yes. Uh, hopefully, I'll have a chance to come back and compete at the Indy 500 next year. The 108th running. Um, you know, want to uh, say love the folks that are, that love this segment. It's a it's a great segment. Ricky Treadway, random Indy 500 driver of the week. Um, I went with the 1980 Indy 500 this time. 1980 won Ooh. by Johnny Rutherford. Um, and I actually. Yes, and I actually found um, a a great uh, name that I think is really interesting. Uh, the twenty third place finisher, twenty third place finisher, Roger Rager, Roger Rager, uh, the number sixty six car. Uh, Roger Rager only won Indy five hundred for Roger Rager, uh, and found this very interesting. Roger Rager uh, from. Where is he from? American race car driver, uh, born in Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, a Nebraska fella. Uh, ran a spaceship go-kart around a track uh, when he was four years old. Uh, interesting intermission for a, a race program that included his dad, Bob, at the Nebraska State Fair. Uh, really interesting. Uh, did a lot of dirt racing, it looks like. Uh, numerous milestones as, as a sprint car racer. Um, he was in the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame, uh, and sadly just died recently, just died last year, uh, February 16th, 2022, uh, 73 years old. Um, but yeah, really interesting that only one Indy 500 for Roger Rager. Said Rager finished his IndyCar career with six top 10 finishes and 23 starts in USAC Ricard events. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. USAC cookie there. All right. Good deal. Right yes. on. Well, rest in peace to Roger Rager. That's a great name right there. Roger Rager. And our first, uh, it sounds like a DJ that Connor would want to go see. Yeah. Um, oh, Captain Rager. Yeah. <laughs> DJ Ragerthon. Our first Ricky Treadway random Indy 500 driver as we embark now on the journey for 360 or so days now until the 108th running of the Indianapolis 500. We appreciate everybody again. This has been uh, you know, a full episode because we had so much to talk about to recap the month of May and, of course, this last weekend and, and the Indy 500. Uh, but we appreciate all of you guys' support. You're listening, you're following, you're subscribing, your ratings, your reviews, um, and just telling us that you listen whenever you see us. We appreciate that as well. We're going to wish Connor luck this weekend in Detroit. Again, this weekend, always back on track. Downtown Detroit, new track. Um, not Belle Isle anymore. It's in the streets of Detroit, downtown. So new tracks can be very interesting, exciting. Sunday, NBC, 3 o'clock. Be there. And uh, we'll have a full recap for you next week on Speed Street. This bit of badassery was made by Dirty Mo Media. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo.